The text for the sermon this day is taken from Revelation chapter 7. And I'll read that in a little bit later. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Greetings, just so you know, for those who don't know, I'm a pastor, um, Neil Wemus of St. John Luther Church in May City, of which uh, Helen and Wayne were our members of. And it was about three years ago that I started at May City, and I first visited at the house right up there on, is it Big Spirit Lake, right? Okay, good, yes. Um, Went up, visited there, and... um, and I, one of the things I remembered when I first got there, one thing that was just kind of noticeable, there's one picture that I saw at the house, and it was of both Wayne and Helen. And the only reason it was striking was because it looked, it reminded me a little bit of my own grandparents. And except for you guys, were a little, you're actually a little bit skinnier than my grandparents, but, um, but it looked very similar picture. But there's another similarity that I learned, and that was the closeness of the two of you. When I went, the first time I went to visit at the harbor, um, I'm just calling it the harbor, I don't, I always forget the first name of it. But the the first time I went to visit at the harbor, uh, Wayne was in one part of the, one part and you were still, and you were in another. And I remember when I talked to one of the staff, then they said, Oh, Wayne's just over there all the time anyway, so I know exactly where he's at. And I think it's so wonderfully said a lot of the marriage. Always together, always with one another. Until this past May, he had to be moved to Milford. And all, those ti- and all those times as I was visiting, you were always there together, and I could see it in Wayne. I could see him wake- weakening. I could see that his body was deteriorating. And as some of my members know, this is my 28th funeral since I've been here in three years. And one of the things is you start to know, you kind of begin to know more and more when that's coming. And so back in May... Suddenly, you are separated, not living together for a while. To only get one, mo- get that little moment last Wednesday night to say goodbye. And now, separated. For how long, I don't know. But that speaks volumes to the tragic reality of our world. The effect that sin that came in from Adam and Eve has on this world. The fact that you as the children, you're gonna, you go in there, and you probably know, felt this already back in May, when you'd see your mom or your dad, and all, you're seeing one of them is not there. They're always supposed to be together, but one is not there. It doesn't feel right. But at least for a few months, you're like, well, I just have to go to a different place and I'll go visit, I'll visit whichever one, just, you know, a little bit down the road. But you don't have that now. It speaks to how tragic death is. 
death is one of those things that we, there's a survey a few years ago, they tried, they did a survey of what are people most afraid of, and I think there was the number one thing, the number one thing was public speaking, and number three was death, which means for most people, they'd rather be in the casket than giving the sermon, but but I actually don't think that's true. I, don't, I think of people, if you depress them, I think people are more afraid of death. And, and we dodge it in so many different ways. And when it comes to even a funeral, that's where we especially see we'll try to do anything and everything we can to get away from it. But it's right there. The grief is there. And it's the consequence of sin of which every last one of us is infected. Every one of us is infected with sin. Now, unlike your typical disease, like, you know, me and Pastor Simons have both had inner ear infections, so the inner ear infection committee apparently decided to strike at Lutheran pastors this month. But it's a committee because we're Lutherans. We do everything by committee. But... (laughs) When we had that, we didn't think, you know, I really love these symptoms. I want more. I want to, I love it when I have, you know, can't balance myself. But when it comes to sin, that is the one disease which we are infected that we actually want to take part in its symptoms. We willingly partake in it. And the consequence is death. That's why we're here. Without it, there would be nothing. If it weren't for the fact of sin, none of us would be here. If there was no sin, we pastors would be out of a job. The funeral director would be out of a job. That hospital wouldn't be there. They don't need it because nobody would ever get sick. But because sin is real, we are here. But you see, at the very beginning, just before the service, this little white cloth was placed upon the casket. It's known as a funeral pall. And the reason is, is it's a reminder that many, many years ago, apparently not at this building, but down on, was it Gary I heard? Right? where the old church was, Wayne was brought to the baptismal font and the pastor, whoever that was, way back in the 1920s, said, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, in that moment, the the death of Jesus, the blood that Jesus shed on the cross while we were still sinners, That righteousness that he won for Wayne and he won for you was delivered to Wayne at his baptism. So that cloth is a reminder that at baptism, eternal life began. And he was clothed with a robe of righteousness. And every time he would hear the words spoken, Every time he'd partake of the Lord's Supper, no matter who was the pastor, he was sharing in that celebration of the life that is to come. 
So listen to this. In Revelation 7, one of the, uh, one of the cool texts of the Bible, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and might and glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out to the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You see, last Wednesday night, at about 11 o'clock, Wayne had closed his eyes for the last time on this earth. He breathed his last breath in this life. The last sounds had passed. And within the blink of an eye, he heard, he began to breathe a new breath, a breath of the Holy of the Spirit, he heard a new sound. He heard sounds of angels singing. A sound that no man, woman, or child has ever seen. And they're singing in victory and in triumph. Because God worked really hard to get him there. And he worked, he'll work hard for all of us. And then he opened his eyes for the first time. And he saw the face of our Heavenly Father. And he could even maybe even hear the sounds of his parents, of anyone who's ever died in the faith. And then to feel the warm embrace of his Savior Jesus, welcoming him there. See that section in Revelation 7? That is where Wayne is now. He is among the host arrayed in white. You know why pastors wear this? This is a preview of coming attractions. This is what waits you. A robe of righteousness covering our sin and guaranteeing that death is but a, a moment 
But the victory that is coming is beyond our wildest imaginations. And see, this is the thing. I came Thursday morning. I had not known that Wayne had passed yet. I came with communion, and my intent was, if he was still alive, I'd be able to give him communion one last time. But I visited with Helen, and I made absolutely certain to give her communion. Because even though you are separated from this earth for, that, for a time, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, have you ever heard this in the liturgy? Therefore, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore praising you and singing. Hebrews chapter 12 talks about you've come to the, to the, the numerable and feastal gathering, the assembly of the firstborn made perfect, or the righteous made perfect, to the sprinkled blood. See, when you, I made sure I, that you'd have the Lord's Supper, because though he was gone from this earth for that moment, you were united to Wayne through the body and blood of Jesus in the Lord's Supper. And so it will be every time you receive of it. Here's a wonderful story from, and I shared this on last Thursday. Pastor Todd Wilkin, he owned, he's a host of Issues Etc. His mother passed away about a month ago. And he posted this, and, and I thought this was just awesome. He says, This should be our great comfort when we mourn the dead. Those who, believe, those who believing in Christ are not dead. They live forever in this happy scene. They live with him. And we find the reality of their continued life through him. We worship God with them. They worship the risen Christ face to face while we worship the same risen Christ under the veil of bread and wine at the altar. This is not merely some empty ritual of old, merely a remembrance of someone who was once present with us but is now gone. When we come to the altar, we are linked with heaven, with the communion of saints, with our loved ones. They worship there. We worship here. But we are together with them in worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. The altar is the meeting place between heaven and earth. I always kind of like this altar here. Right underneath, there's a rock reminding you, the stone, reminding you of the stone that was removed away from the tomb, which guaranteed the place in God's kingdom. Listen, can you hear them? Your parents who have died, your brother or sister who have died, a child who has died, Warn, or Wayne, sorry. His parents, your grandparents, anyone that has ever died in the faith, they are not dead. They live. They sing the great song of heaven. Holy, holy, holy God of power and might, heaven and earth is full of your glory. In the hour of worship, we are with them, and they are with us. And we see death in the light of the communion of saints in the Holy Communion. There is no helpless bereavement. Our loved one is merely away on a long journey. 
We are in touch. There is a place where we can meet. It is at the altar. How thrilled we should be when we hear the words of the liturgy. Therefore, the angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, for we know that is where they are with the company of heaven, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Wayne is on a journey, away on a journey, and a journey that we will one part day partake of as well. Because the day will come. So we go to the cemetery in a little bit. And you'll hear the scripture that the body will be sown into the ground. And because he was a farmer for much of his life, he should know what that means to sow. When you sow a seed, you expect it to grow. The body is sown into the ground because the day is going to come. When Jesus is going to walk through the cemetery... And he's going to say to each grave, one by one, come out. Just as he said to Lazarus, Wayne, come out. He'll say it of all who have died in the faith, come out. And we as faithful believers will obey the voice of our Lord and our bodies will rise, mighty stronger than it has ever been before. So listen, I'm gonna, we were going to sing this, but I'll, I'm going to actually sing it instead. So this is for all the saints. Below their breaks are yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The King of glory passes on his way. Alleluia, alleluia. From earth's wide bounds, from oceans farthest coast, through gates upper streams, in the countless host, singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Alleluia, Alleluia. Till that day comes till we join in that resurrection with all the saints. To God be all glory. In Jesus' name, amen.